Well, what it is, is what you brought up in your notes, which is that Jurassic World is a Hallmark movie. It is a Hallmark movie because, okay, audience, if you don't fucking believe me, I made something very special. I hid it from Aaron on our fucking, I'm on my fucking notes. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to reframe Jurassic World for you as a Christmas movie. Okay, ready? <laughs> Mortified, The Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations, all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm brought to you by Verizon. (laughs) And this week, we're taking a trip to the Cretaceous period with Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Before we submit ourselves to the whims of an eccentric billionaire, remember you can help us on Mortified the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter in the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter at MortifiedPod. Layla, um, I am so excited to hear your thoughts on some seminal works of American cinema. Um, it is a genuine delight to see the notes that you wrote while watching uh, these films. Um, so firstly, uh, let's summarize Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Sure. So Jurassic Park the original is a movie about an eccentric scientist named Hammond. And uh, he started uh, Jurassic Park, which is a theme park full of dinosaurs. And in order to get it going, he has to get approval um, from some experts in the field. So he brings on two scientists and his lawyer brings on another and they have to uh, approve the park, but uh, there's a betrayal and the park goes offline and the dinos go free. And then it becomes a survival thing. Jurassic world. (laughs) Uh, on the other hand, um, is kind of the same thing except worse. And Chris Pratt is there, and he's not as cool as he wants to be. Uh, no, it's a lot. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a lot. So yeah, let's let's just get into it. Um, let's well, start firstly, with. Uh, yeah, I-, I wanted to set up the fact that like the reason we're watching these films is because you've never seen. Either Jurassic Park. You haven't seen any Jurassic Park movies, have you? Uh, the only thing of Jurassic that I have consumed was the Super Nintendo game in the nineties. Good. <laughs> this um, is the only. So yeah. Um, so my, I guess my first question was like, as far as um, as far as like filling that cultural blind spot, right? Because there's a lot of talk about you know classical films, right? Um, there are people who make their whole personalities knowing things about movies um famously they, there's a whole book written in that vein yes two books yeah now. yeah <laughs> um and like you know jurassic park isn't necessarily like the, the fucking criterion collection but like it, it's you know it's a very popular well-known movie um and the fact that you haven't seen it you know i'm sure you've probably drawn some comments and now that you have seen it i mean do, do you feel like it's lived up to the hype yeah, actually, I thought it was really good. I It was engaging. It held up. The practical effects were fucking sick. It had a good story. I think I agree with some of your notes that some of the action sequences could have been trimmed down just like a, a smidge, just a bit. Um, but other than that, like, it was a deeply enjoyable movie. Um, and I really liked it. And it, you know, even though some of the tech was a little bit outdated, like, it worked on me. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just, uh, that first movie was, was such a, you know, a revelation in the nineties, right? That's, that's the first like successful use of, of CGI, um, in, in cinema. And like the fact that it's still like kind of holds up today, like maybe some of the scenes where, you know, all the dinosaurs are in bright light, like, you know, you could tell like, oh, okay, it's pretty, pretty hokey, but like the stuff with the T-Rex in the dark, like that looks very good. Um, and like the, we'll talk about the practical effects cause that stuff is phenomenal still. Um, but in general, like when you compare this to Jurassic world where literally everything's CGI, um, and like, you know, the CGI is technically better, but like just the ways in which the actors respond to it is, is so different. Um, you know, it, the, the, the difference is night and day. Um, where do you, where do you think we should start this conversation? You know what? Let's, let's just get into like, we can talk about the effects also in the context of, um, like just how the two different parks function as settings for the movie, right? So uh, Jurassic World, like you said, is like very CGI heavy and, and the park itself is like quite futuristic and modern. Um, and it comes, instead of Hammond being the, the backing billionaire, it's Masrani. Um, remind me, is Ifran Khan plays Masrani, yes. right? Yes, yes. R.I.P. to a fucking legend. He was yes. done so dirty in that movie. He, they wasted his talent. They killed him off so early. Um, oh God, he he was such a delight to watch, despite his bad casting. They they gave him nothing, and he still went with it. I I, I didn't realize he died last year. I was so sad to learn that when I was reading his Wikipedia, and like uh, he he deserved better than this. I know. I was reading your notes, and and you wrote, "Is that Efron Khan?" I hadn't like registered the name while I was watching the movie. Like the the name face connection didn't come. But the moment I read your note, that was like, "Is that Efron Khan?" I was like, "Didn't he die?" And then your next note is, "So he died last year." I was like, "Oh no, he did die." Um, but yeah, so so that park is quite futuristic, and and the thing that like really perplexed me was I knew enough about Jurassic Park to know that they concluded that the park was a bad idea. <laughs> And so to see that they're trying it again was a perplexing setting for me. And um, there's a lot of like really high tech machinery to like help contain the, the, they call them assets, to help contain the assets. Um, and I think the thing I want to pick on is the IREX, the Indominus Rex. I did not like the IREX. <laughs> oh really? The Indominus Rex presented by Verizon Wireless. <laughs> yeah, you didn't, you didn't first tell me all, why you didn't like it. Well, first of all, I should have gone with AT and T. Much better offer. <laughs> HBO has AT and T. You know, it's all that corporate company. They could have had a whole docu series with HBO. It's wrong sponsorship. Um, there was something odd about the way the movie was shot to me. In the first third, it's all very, like, eye-level. There's not a lot of angles. And the reveal of the Irex comes so early. And it's just, like, a white T-Rex. Like, there's nothing to it, you know? And they're, they're hyping it up. They're like, we wanted a dinosaur that was scarier, more teeth. And then what we got was, like, a white T-Rex. And the way they were trying to make it more dramatic was it basically treating it like a Super Saiyan. So, like, every time it ran out of powers, it got a new one. But it, it had no reason to... To behave the way it did or to do it, there's no like real stakes to it. And I was just, I don't know, I wasn't impressed. I thought the Velociraptors were much better treated as like a, um, you know, because they were like tactical raptors. I thought that was much of a cooler like spin 
on on the idea of of these genetically engineered dinosaurs than the Irex, which I was just frankly unimpressed by. Uh, the Irex is such a hysterical concept because, like, you're completely right. It is a white T-Rex with longer arms, and everyone's treating it like it's a fucking demon straight from the pits of hell. Like, there's that line where Masrani, where, like, Claire's like, oh, you think that'll scare the kids? And Masrani's like, the kids? Their parents will have nightmares. They, they've seen... It's a T-Rex. It's a big fucking T-Rex with long arms. But also... The fact that the Irex is like a fucking sociopath and like like a brain genius is so integral to the plot. Like the Irex not only understands the concept of thermal imaging, but also like once it can figure out how, figures out how to trick the cameras, it also figures out how to deceive humans by like scratching up the walls. And it's like, oh, haha! I'll, you know what I'll do? I, an animal that's been alive for about a year, uh, will not only figure out how thermal imaging works. I will trick people to come into my pen and then I will wait a certain amount of time so that way they go and they leave and they think that I've left the pen and they start a big search for me and then they'll open the gates and then I will <laughs> exit through the gates. And like, that's the whole thing. Later on, it claws out its own tracking implant. Like, what the f- <laughs> This is the goddamn smartest dinosaur that's ever lived. <laughs> and then it eats the chip. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, um, and then, yeah, it gets like a weird upgrade too in the middle of the movie where it's like, (gasps) I think the thermal vision is like the reveal, like two thirds of the way through the movie. And I'm like, it's a, it's a T-Rex though. It's a, it's a T-Rex. I got chills for the T-Rex reveal in Jurassic Park. The T-Rex reveal in Jurassic Park is so fucking cool because the whole thing is you don't see it when they go on the dino tour you don't it's not there and jeff goldblum has this whole thing where he leans into the camera he's like hey you're gonna have any uh dinosaurs on your dinosaur tour which i thought was just a great delivery of that line also (laughs) jeff goldblum you will talk about him he's great (laughs) he fucks i love him so much but he um uh and then you know you get the you get the reveal of the T-Rex, not as foreshadowing that the T-Rex is going to be a problem, but after everything's gone down. You get the T-Rex reveal when there's real fucking danger. So, um, and those kids get real close to dying in that first confrontation. That shit is tense. So, it just, like, the movie, the two movies have such different approaches to trying to set up tension, and what works way better than the other yeah i mean and also like the difference between directors is pretty obvious like j j park is is directed by steven spielberg whereas um jurassic world was directed by colin trevorrow of uh book of henry fame (laughs) so uh now that you say that name out loud i also remember that he has a treatment for star wars 9 that jenny nicholson read yep Wow, it's that guy. Okay, so mm-hmm. we have to talk about Colin Trevorrow because the I haven't seen the Book of Henry, but I watched um, like a YouTube video on the Book of Henry. I can't remember which YouTuber, if it was Kenny JD or um, one of the other kind of bad movie review channels I tend to follow. Uh, and it is about this kid, Henry, who is a boy genius, who is the most condescending little piece of shit ever put on screen. He treats his mother like fucking garbage and is like, 
he basically is like, I made all these like investments, like we're secured, like why haven't you paid the bills? Like that's a child character that Mr. Trevorrow wrote. And he's like, smarter than the school psychiatrist who for some reason operates in a glass room. You fucking tell me, I wouldn't want to be seen when I'm doing therapy. I'd turn into a cocoon and start crying. No one needs to see that. So, um, it's... A horrible movie, and the kid dies, and and then the mom has to like figure something out based on his diary. But like, she has to assassinate his friend's abusive father. Yes. Um, yeah, like he on. he like this has this whole master plan where he like buys a fucking like fifty cal and like figures out how he's gonna she's gonna shoot um this bad dad in the head like and then like he also plans for the fact that she can't do it it's the worst fucking movie concept i've ever heard it sucks so bad but like the way henry is written it really explains a lot about zach and gray because uh whichever the older one is has gray. this gray has this insufferable unexplained unresolved character arc of constantly wanting to cheat on his girlfriend. It is introduced. It is spread throughout the movie. It is never resolved or explained. It is just this boy is horny and you're going to deal with it. And Zach is a child constructed in 1992. He takes pictures with a uh, disposable camera. His whole room is dinosaurs. He knows everything. Which, I mean, like, it's not unusual for a kid to, like, know shit about a topic. It is unusual for them at the age that Zach is supposed to be to have their walls lined with not collectibles, toys of dinosaurs. That's weird. And he has, a like, a fanny pack and his brother makes fun of him for it. It's like a whole... They're not good, fun, believable kid characters. And I didn't care about them or that Gal Gadot was watching them. Or... Was that Gal Gadot? I'm pretty... Wasn't it? It was either her or Gal Gadot lookalike. Zara? Zara, the babysitter, who they killed in the most gruesome way imaginable. Yeah. With the best... <laughs> objectively the best character, which was that fucking whale dinosaur. Uh, yeah, no, the Mosasaurus is incredible. My favorite part of the Jurassic Park franchise, to be fair. Um, oh, no, sorry, it's Katie McGrath. Okay. Is, she's a, a, um, I think she's a, in Supergirl as the, the villain? Oh! She played Morgana in Merlin, that's where I know her from. Um, okay, that makes sense now. Uh, yeah, the, the whale was the, my favorite, I think, dinosaur. Oh, yeah, for sure. It had um, one job, and it did it very well. Yes, and we love that. Um, I think that you hit upon a, put a point that I want to talk about, because like Jurassic World is very much just a series of callbacks. Like Zach's whole character is just like trying to be comparable to Tim in Jurassic Park, right? There's you know two young boys who are really smart at um, you know dinosaurs, but because you know no shade to the character you know, actors, right? They're, they're, I think the acting is largely fine in, in both movies. Um, but like, you know, the, the dialogue is so much worse in, in world. Um, so like, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have like the same charm as, as Tim. Right. And also he doesn't have like that same, you know, grumpy Dr. Alan Grant to play off of. Who's like, Oh, my whole thing's like, I don't like kids. And then, you know, that's at the end of his arc. He does like kids, right? It's just like, Oh, my brother's being mean to me and my parents are getting divorced and I like dinosaurs. Like those kids don't have an arc. And it sucks. <laughs> the divorce thing is so... It's like Colin Trevorrow doesn't know how to write motivation. So it's just like... 
he just throws every like sympathy point. Well, what it is, is what you brought up in your notes, which is that Jurassic World is a Hallmark movie. It is a Hallmark movie because, okay, audience, if you don't fucking believe me, I made something very special. I hid it from Aaron on our fucking, I'm excited. On my fucking notes. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to reframe Jurassic World for you as a Christmas movie. Okay, ready? <laughs> <clears throat> She's all business. When you have kids of your own, if, when. He's rough around the edges. Hello, female coworker. Can I interest you in a sexual harassment as my character introduction? But when her nephews get lost in a snowstorm, he's the only one for this job. This December, Candace Cameron Bure and a gener- generically attractive man star in Finding Christmas. Now replace snowstorm with dinosaur. I mean, there is a storm of dinosaurs at one point. I mean, it's... Oh, my God. It's... A Hallmark movie, and Bryce Dallas Howard deserves better. Bryce Dallas Howard got fucking nothing in this film. She got she got a Hallmark movie, you know, protagonist arc, which is that she's a businesswoman who doesn't have time for her family, and she doesn't understand kids, and all she cares about is the bottom line. But then she meets a a, down, a hometown guy who, you know constantly harasses her even though they've only went on one date and then all of a sudden she's you know got her hair is all messed up and she's you know tracking down dinosaurs in high heels and she's got her 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 fucking business to sport outfit change as you mentioned it's just it's so much we gotta we gotta put it we gotta put a pin on her outfit but uh i will say like i can hear the eyes rolling i can hear them about you know saying that uh the the sexual harassment bit but no it's like literally sexual harassment like she comes to him for a work thing at work at work hours and he starts like just innuendoing the whole conversation to be like want to go fuck in my bungalow that is that is that is sexual harassment and that is a bad character introduction mr trevorrow that makes your protagonist instantly unlikable it's the same reason i don't like devil man crybaby because once you have your fucking protagonist commit a sexual crime and you then you expect me to root for them i can't yeah because it is clear to me that you wrote it from the perspective of somebody who has never felt unsafe in that kind of situation or you know like with Owen, maybe not unsafe but annoyed Because if there was one point that I could connect to with Claire, if there was one fucking feeling that she felt that I felt viscerally in my fucking bones, it was trying to lay out the logistics of a situation and then having a man completely dismiss it because he has a good gut feeling. No, there are things. There are spreadsheets, situations, resolutions that need to be tackled. I That I understood. Her fucking outfit pissed me off so much because... Listen, the sport conversion made me laugh. I thought that was funny. Her tying up a button up. I do that all the time. That's very funny. The purposefully ripped thigh slit that was supposed to look incidental. And the fact that her hair isn't even messed up by the end of the movie, but it's just like it goes from pin straight to literally waved with a curling wand wavy, like styled wavy, a little bit too much holding spray wavy annoys me to bits and pieces because uh american hero laura dern got to look fucked up laura dern was like you know she'd like a a splint by the end of that film she was like covered in blood and like 
I mean, even in the beginning, like, she was able to, like, literally get her hands dirty and, like, put her whole arm in, in dinosaur shit. Like, uh, they they really listen. And here's the thing that Sierra pointed out um, to me while we were watching this is that um, Jurassic World technically passes the Bechdel test um, <laughs> because of Claire talking to her sister about their mom, um, which, so that's... Unfortunately, Jurassic Park only has Laura Dern, so, like, I mean, I guess there's the kid, but, like, Laura Dern never talks to the kid, so, like, you know, that doesn't necessarily fly, but, like, uh, the, the fact that the Bechdel test-passing conversation in Jurassic World is about their mom and the fact that Claire doesn't want to have kids is, like, I feel, like, actually worse. Like, you pass the Bechdel test in the worst possible way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Bechdel test isn't, like, the best measure. Yeah, of, like, I mean, it's a bare minimum, but still. Yeah, it's like, it's like a, a, a media literacy 101 baseline kind of thing. But, yeah, I mean, Laura Dern has, has like, a much more active... That, she runs into that fucking electrical shed with a velociraptor. Like, that. that's bad bitch physics. That's great. I love her very much in that movie. She's, she's fantastic. But, yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard gets done really, really dirty. She doesn't get a character arc... That kiss pissed me off like, so yeah. much. No, you don't have one terrible day with this guy who introduces himself by being like, hey, let's have sex. And like, by the end of it, like you're making out and like, she was still at work this whole time she's at work like she and she's established as being somebody who very much cares about her job. She wouldn't be like making out with Chris Pratt, who is a bad guy. No, if anything, the character arc should have been him taking his job more seriously to get closer to her. Like, that should have, because he has the fucking incentive to, right? If he takes his job more seriously, he gets all these people out of danger. So, him showing that he is a serious person and making amends for treating her unseriously would have been a better relationship arc for them. Yes, but, I want, let's, in media, normalize girl boss character arcs. Yeah, for men. For men, <laughs> women don't need them. I want, I want girl boss character arcs for men. Um, but yeah, because it's, uh, yeah, it just watching him was it just that intro really threw me. His character intro really, really threw me. I didn't it's like bad. it. Um, and I, I mean, I don't really like Chris Pratt very much. Well, no one likes Chris Pratt, right? Because yeah. he's part of a conservative church that like hates queer people. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, I don't want to call him flat out a homophobe, but he's at least com uh, complicit in homophobia, so that's bad. But, um, yeah, it just <sighs> frustrates me that, like, the likability of this character in a movie like this really relies on who plays him. And I, it just felt like the least likable people in Hollywood came together to create him. And so he's just unlikable, but I'm supposed to root for him. And like, I'm just, it, I didn't like him on screen. I, I missed Samuel L. Jackson a lot in this movie. I missed Jeff Goldblum being sexy and melodramatic. Like it, uh, it just, it was just lacking. It was lacking in a big way. That's the thing. Like Chris Pratt's character is supposed to be a callback to Jeff Goldblum, right? You have the the attractive guy that's like, "Hey, is something's he? gonna go wrong," and then when it goes wrong, he's like, "Ah, I was right." Uh, and but like Jeff Goldblum, on the other hand, is like charming and cool, and like, I mean, he he's flirty, but 
but he and like kind of a kind of an asshole but he, he doesn't straight up come out with like hey uh laura dern do you want to be my next ex-wife like come on yeah um i mean that being said you know some of the it's a the, the jurassic park is an older movie it's yes know, it's, it's there are some moments where i'm like maybe we shouldn't be touching her at work like that mm-hmm. but she also seemed comfortable and invited it so like it wasn't Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like a thing. I didn't feel uncomfortable watching it. I was just like, would you want to touch someone at work like that? <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. Especially after she was elbow deep in dinosaur shit. Yeah, that's uh, another good point. <laughs> but um, yeah, I also really like that independently in our notes, uh, Aaron asked the question, do people think Jeff Goldblum in this movie is hot? And I, on a separate occasion, said Jeff Goldblum in this movie is incredibly hot. And I also relate to his character a lot because if I was injured by a dinosaur, I would also open my shirt wide and just try to look as sexy as possible while injured. <laughs> just for my own sake. Ah, uh, it's, yeah. I mean, what else could you do, right? Um, Not help. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I think we, we dunked enough on Jurassic World. Um, but as far as Jurassic Park goes, like, I, I mean, I think I've brought this up on the podcast before, but I tend to like newer movies as opposed to older movies. And like, I like, I don't know if it's just because I like the way that that new newer cinematography works or like the way that movies are paced nowadays. But like Jurassic Park, like is is objectively a better film. <laughs> um, yes. And I think you can you can see that in the ways that like the way that you broke it down, I really like the way that you, you analyze Jurassic Park. Cause like you talked about how at the very beginning of Jurassic Park, it's established like these are the dinosaurs are bad and they will hurt you. And like, they have a whole, you know, like the first, you know, three, four minutes are, you know, them getting this velociraptor cage and somebody being extremely murdered by it. And, and Muldoon being like, uh, yo, shoot this fucking thing. Um, and like, that sets the tone for the whole movie. The tone for Jurassic world is set by this, you know, kid being sent off by his mom and this other kid being like oh my girlfriend loves me so much it's so annoying like uh i I think jurassic park does does so much of the character work and tone setting so much better right well i mean jurassic world like i like I said earlier, it's just weird that the lesson of Jurassic Park was this was a bad idea, and then Jurassic World doubles down so hard. Um, but, yeah, like, they're totally two completely different movies. Because totally Jurassic World is like an adventure film, like a, like a fun family adventure film, right? Jurassic Park is scary. Like, there's... Jurassic Park's a horror movie. Yeah, it's in some ways. It's very tense. It does a lot of really great tension building. It's very, um, I don't know, like it it just does more work to round out the story, but it's a simpler story with simpler characters who have simple goals, right? So Hammond wants his park approved. Laura Dern wants children. Uh, uh, Alan wants um, to get his dig funded. That's, you know, there's their reasoning for kind of acting the way they act. And they all get stuck. And the reason the kids get lost isn't because they're being irresponsible. The kids get lost because the adults were being irresponsible. And so it's a bigger motivator for the adults to get them out of that fucking situation. And there's a lot more like running around and a lot of like tension because the two parties don't know where the other one is. Uh, meanwhile, in Jurassic World, 
first of all, pulling that kind of miscommunication is harder. Like, they had to intentionally shatter Gray's phone. And Zach ended up being kind of like an old school kid so that he didn't have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Because if he did, if he was taking, if it was a kid taking pictures at the park, he would have had his own phone. There would have been two phones on those kids. Um, and so... The tension wasn't quite there. They, like, tried to open with this weird shot of a pigeon slamming down its foot. As it if it's a dino super foot. Weird. As... It was a CGI pigeon, but yeah, like, God, it was so stupid. So odd. The character arcs are really weird. I don't understand Owen's motivations. Like, he doesn't want the animals to be weapons, but why are they weapons? And uh, Maserani's, uh has no motivation other than be Hammond. Uh, Claire wants to be good at her job, but, like, that's... There's no, like, driver for any of it, and the kids get lost because they're being irresponsible, because the park is, like, so committed to not making it sound like something's wrong, that they don't take the alarm seriously, and it's, I don't know, like, I feel like Jurassic Park really tried to come at this story from the angle of, like, man fucking with life, and that, you know, like, they kept saying life finds a way, and, and you know, you can't really, like, disturb the natural order. Jurassic World didn't know what its theme was. So Jurassic Park is a better story, even if Jurassic World has cooler dinosaurs. They're too thematically different. They don't feel like they belong to the same IP at all. I mean, yeah, you can just, you can definitely see that like one was based off of like, you know, an actual novel that had thought and, you know, ideas behind it. And the other one was just like kind of a nostalgia grab. Um, and, and, and that's disappointing, right? Because like, you know, you never want to see a franchise do the thing that, that this one did, which is like, you know, those first movies were kind of popular. What if we tried to do that again? And like, unfortunately, the thing about the Jurassic Park franchise is that only the first two movies are good. Like there is a Jurassic Park three, which is extremely bad. Um, there's, uh, and also, there's a Jurassic World 2, which is also extremely bad. <laughs> um, not to say that I didn't watch, you know, all of them very excitedly, but, like, uh, I don't know, right? It's it's very much a symptom of the age we live in, in which, like, we, we keep seeing people try to extract as much value out of these these properties as they can. Like, uh, it's just, you know, IP monetization. It's, uh, you know, it's it's a shame. I, I feel some kind of way about it because I, I'm not like hopeless about this like weird period of remakes and recycling IPs that we're in. Because if you'll recall, in 2006, we also forgot how to make movies and everything was a parody of a movie. So I feel like we're just kind of recycling that weird lull in in movie making right now where a lot of the people who have power just like are out of ideas. Um, and, you know, I unfortunately... Like, Hollywood is a place where a lot of people fail upwards. That's just a fact of the matter. And, um, I haven't seen Colin Trevorrow make a movie I liked yet. That's not to say he hasn't made a good movie. It's just to say that, I don't know, I haven't liked any of them. (laughs) Um, you know, and as glad as I am that artists are out there making that bag, getting that cash, making them CGI dinosaurs. Uh, it would be nice to see a new IP. I feel like this hits on on something I've brought up before multiple times and will continue to bring up till I die, which is it is okay to make something inspired by a franchise or inspired by an IP that is different from that IP. I feel that way about uh, Anastasia. 
the Broadway musical, which if you wanted to make a movie, a musical about the revolution, fucking just make a musical about the revolution. I feel that way about any like IP that's been borrowed and just like changed so substantially that the main idea has been lost. Like just make a new thing inspired by that thing. Have confidence in your ideas enough so that you can bring a new IP into the world and not have to bank on the popularity of the thing you're borrowing the title of. Like it just, it, it just irritates me. You know, if you think your idea is that good, there's room for another movie about a dinosaur park. There is. It hasn't been done in 30 years. Make that movie. You don't have to call it Jurassic Park. So, I don't know. It's just frustrating because Jurassic Park's a really, really good movie. And the score is really, really good. And the dinos are really, really cool. Um, and then Jurassic World is just kind of a cash grab. It makes me sad because I would have loved to see another Dinosaur Park movie that was good on its own merits. And maybe had a different lesson or a different plot. Uh, as far as, like my enjoyment of these films though maybe it's because i've just seen jurassic park so many times i kind of like jurassic world more as a viewing experience despite the fact that it's not a good movie um and i you know i do apologize for that it's the it's the kaiju lover in me i just love to watch the t-rex at the end fight the irex and then get eaten by the mosasaurus you know there's there's some sequences in which like a bunch of pterosaurs like when Mizrani is flying the helicopter to track the Irex, one of the pterosaurs flies through the cockpit of the helicopter and impales his pilot. And it's just like, <laughs> uh, I just love some of the dumb shit in that. And I, you know, I, I am sorry about that, but I, uh, there's just, there's just some stuff in there that I really like. And I also think that in general, I think Jurassic world, despite the fact that it is an example of, um, just constantly trying to capitalize on pre-existing IP. I think it gets a lot more of the sci-fi shit as far as like where our society is going. Correct. Like I think the Indominus Rex sponsored by Verizon Wireless is so, so good because like that absolutely will happen at some point. Whenever we get fucking cool gene splicing technology, we're going to get Amazon presents, you know, the radioactive scorpion dragon or whatever. And like, that's just kind of the direction we're headed. The Tostito Don is like the only thing that made me laugh. I fucking love the Tostito Don. <laughs> I want to raise a herd of Tostito Don in my life now. Um, you know, Jurassic World has some good ideas and it executes on none of them well. Yeah, yeah. I think it could have used a couple of rewrites, a couple of passes. It just, I feel like Jurassic, it's missing this element for me of like the characters having fun. Because there's a, a just the tiny scene in Jurassic Park where like they get so excited about these dinos hatching out of ostrich eggs that they break a fucking roller coaster and just go yeet themselves into the lab uninvited. And you know, it's just like dweebs being excited. And I, I just didn't get that sense from like Claire or Owen that they were actually enjoying what they were doing. Like the movie was so focused on Claire being uptight and Owen being a badass that they didn't let them like breathe yeah, and develop. I mean I, I think that goes back to your point about motivations, right? You can see clearly in Jurassic Park where their motivations came from, right? Grant nearly passes out when Hammond tells him they have a T-Rex. and Like, that's so endearing because it's like, oh, this grown man who loves dinosaurs so much, he almost falls into a swoon at the idea of seeing a T-Rex. Whereas, like, Owen Grady's like, yeah, I worked for the Navy and I trained raptors and I'm really cool and I also don't, I, I don't love it. 
the line, you and I are both dogs of war, was so emotionally jarring for me. It is the wildest reveal, the wildest and most unnecessary reveal I have ever, I, like, what? What does that I, mean, like, dog? I, I get, I guess why, but I don't want it. We both served in the military. That means something. Like, not really, actually. It's so, it is such a reveal. I do want to go back to that scene, though, real quick, because like you said, I think we've dunked on Jurassic World. (laughs) Kind of. It's not a bad movie. Like, it's fine. I think I'm mostly mad that uh, it, borrows the Jurassic Park IP to make a completely different thing. Um, And I think it it should have been its own dinosaur movie with Chris Pratt in it. That would have been fine. I still wouldn't like Chris Pratt, but like, you know, Colin Trevorrow's in his rights to make a dinosaur movie. I would probably watch it. Um, I want to talk about, uh, real quick, while we were talking about that lab scene, the art department on Jurassic Park looked like they had so much fucking fun. Because if I had to slave away at making that egg... So you have the outer egg layer. It has to be breakable in a very specific way. And you can't tell where it's supposed to break. So from the outside, it has to look completely sealed. It has that membrane layer. uh, Some sort of like viscera swimming around in there. And a little mechanical baby velociraptor. If I watched that in the viewfinder and I watched that fucking... Or in the monitor and I, I saw that work on camera. Because listen, that's expensive. That was probably like a one and done, you have one shot to get this right kind of a practical. If I watched that work, I would have held my coworkers and wept. The fucking practicals are just so impressive in Jurassic Park. And because they're used so sparingly and in such like smart combination with um, the CGI, like, all the dino reveals gave me chills. They were so cool. You know what, maybe that's Jurassic World's, one of Jurassic World's problems for me, is I think we've been spoiled by technology. Necessity's the mother of invention. So a lot of these, like, 80s movies have to make do with what they have, and so you have to be very smart about the way you shoot things and, like, how you integrate them. And now we just, you know, can have holographic dinosaurs, so why bother when you can just put them willy-nilly wherever the fuck you want? You don't have to have PAs shaking trees to make you believe that there are velociraptors feeding on a fucking thing in there, right? Because that's what it was. It was PAs shaking trees. I guarantee it, you know? It's... That, that was your practical right there. You could just CGI a white T-Rex in there instead. So, I don't know. I just feel like it... it, it no, no, no. I was, <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. It was fine. But, like, I mean, the practical effects of the first Jurassic Park, like, that's like a film buff thing. Like, people know facts about that. Like, at one point in time, I did know some facts about it. Like, I'm pretty sure that, like, the they only built, like, a T-Rex head like that's that was the main practical effect and like that's what they used to like you know push the car around and like have those cool shots of like its eyes and stuff like um but like yeah like i, I just think that I mean, that's the thing with baby yoda right everybody loves baby yoda but like that's not a cgi thing like that's that's something that's a puppet that they made work and, and because it, the way that it's just because it's real and because it's you know uh manipulated in such a lifelike way and it, it allows the actors to actually care about them um, in, in a way that CGI is just so hard to replicate. Um, I mean, listen, fucking Harrison Ford is doing his best out here, but we can't all be him, so. Uh, well, Harrison Ford had a man whose belly he could rub. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Movie. 
Uh, I mean, I was going to bring up John Boyega, uh, who there was an interview with John Boyega where he was like, yes, yeah, sometimes I saw like BB-8 rolling around and I was just like, want to say hi to it. Because, you know, we're humans. We want to personify the the things and the animals around us. It's just like a thing we do, um, which is incredibly endearing and adorable. And I love that we do that. I love that for us as a species. But uh, yeah, it was just like missing some like tactile, you know, just something, something... And I think I think the characters being like too clean played into that because if you look at the cast of Jurassic Park by the end of Jurassic Park, those people are fucked up and dirty. They are bleeding. They are covered in mud. They are unrecognizable except for Jeff Goldblum in his leather pants. But even he has like a splint by the end of the movie. So, um, it, but in Jurassic World, Owen doesn't even look scratched. Claire is like sexily messy. Uh, the kids are clean. They're just clean. They're clean kids. They could just send them to school after what they went through, the horrible trauma. In the beginning of that movie, Owen dumps gasoline all over his face and then does not take a shower for the rest of the movie, Sierra pointed out to me. Yeah, so that man is ready to be lit the fuck up at any <laughs> given moment. And yeah, it's just weird. Like, it just it's just missing, like, a grittiness that I would want out of a movie like this. But um, to quote Jurassic World, that first park was real, you know. <laughs> I love that guy. What was his name? The uh, oh my god, what is his name? Oh, He's I don't the only that. human character that I liked. Um, I have it in my notes. I have it in my notes. Starts with an L. Lowry. 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 Yes. I, no. I think Lowry's great. a fucking riot. Um, him and his like desk full of toy dinosaurs and. Uh, the fact that he wore a Jurassic Park t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, and Claire's like, dude, people died there. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, like, it's real. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, incredible. I mean, there were, like, moments like that that were good, but, um, I don't know. I, I think Jurassic Park, I, I like Jurassic Park better. I think because I like puppets. I think they're neat. Puppets are neat. I think if you could take anything away from this discussion, it's that we should have more puppets in this world. Well, I went to this. So um, the Texas Performing Arts, because they haven't been able to put on like shows, um, have this exhibition right now of these like old 40s MGM movie backdrops. And when I went uh, yesterday, me and this lady were just like geeking out because first of all, these things are massive. A lot of the stuff that's painted is life size. There was a 90 foot long cactus desert. That's sick as hell because you have to pan across it and it has to not be able to break. Right. Uh, and then my favorite shit was this cityscape where the city was like in the dark clustered at the bottom left of the canvas and the rest of it was kind of like night sky. But me and her were looking at it and we were like, huh, some of those signs look like they're actually glowing. And if you, like, kneel down and you go and you look real close at the signs, they meticulously cut portions of the signs out and taped filters to the back of the linen. And then the back of the linen was painted black so that they could better control where light was coming through when they shine lights at the back of it. I love practicals. Practicals are fucking dope. Map painters were geniuses. There's a whole thing, like, I think it was a Star Wars Coliseum scene of some sort. I've never seen Star Wars. We've gone over this. It's in my immigrant blind spot. Um, but I'm pretty sure, like, the crowds were Q-tips that were just, like, fluffed up and, and, and blow-dried or some shit like that. Yes, that's practicals, true. Practicals are neat as 
fuck? We should be doing more shit with practicals at student filmmakers. Practicals. I love them. I was sitting there watching Jurassic Park and I was looking at those movie screens yesterday because um, there's a small chance that maybe I'll make a game this summer. We'll fucking find out. Um, but I was sitting there. I'm like, these are things we could use. Like these these kind of tactics of like shining, you know, the, the way like multiplane cameras layer things and like shining things through certain layers. And, you know, like, for example, if you if you this is just tech talk, I'm so sorry. But if you if you make like a, an animated noise layer in After Effects, which is super easy, you should play with some filters and you have it kind of like get it to a point where it looks like it's shimmering. And then you put a PNG of a night sky over it and then cut out holes like transparencies where you want stars to be you could get those stars to shimmer based on algorithms instead of instead of having to like animate each individual blink so there's like ways you can use the thinking of practicals digitally to do effects without like knowing cinema 4d and 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 you know all these like renderers and like having to have like a whole render farm to get your shit together so i think that's part of the reason i really like super giant games is because all of their stuff is like really well it used to be really minimal they're obviously a bit bigger now but yeah i don't know practicals guys practicals get practical i love puppets <laughs> oh god <laughs> i yeah, I think that's probably where we should <laughs> make our turn to the end. Uh, <laughs> just be uh, screaming about puppets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can't we can't top that. Layla, when you're not screaming about puppets, where can people find you on the internet? At L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. Um, I'm currently not doing much because I'm in class and working and moving. Um, but my comic will come back in the summer at astrohawkcomic.com. It's about a bisexual disaster who needs to learn to rely on people. Uh, Aaron, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the internet at AaronSXL. You can also listen to my the other podcast I do uh, at The Bible Boys. Also, if you like listening to people talk about Star Wars robots, I wrote an essay about um, why droids and Star Wars are people. You can read that at aavoigt.com. Um also, our theme song is Obsolete by Keshko from the album Filmmaker's Reference Kit Volume 2. Find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Uh, Layla, what do we say uh, as we uh, send our listeners off into the week? Your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. And we're telling you, they should. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>